0: that if you take a seed, you wouldn't know what's in the seed until you planted it. And when you've planted it, it begins to grow. And, and the very essence, the very DNA, the very nature, the very fullness of, that, of, of whatever's in that seed is in it, even when it just looks like seed. You can't do anything with it. When you plant it, that thing begins to grow. And when do you know a tree is mature? When it bears fruit. So Jesus uses those pictures for us. So we can have we can have all kinds of knowledge, you can have all kinds of attendance, you can have all kinds of speech. But the essence, the very, the very reality of how we are doing when it comes to being full of the Holy Spirit, is got to do with this. How much fruit are we bearing? Mature people bear fruit. And you know it's wonderful that in the fruit there is seed that has trees in it with fruit on the trees with seeds in the fruit see see the beautiful picture of god's multiplication so god doesn't come and anoint us just so we can be on our own he comes and anoints us so we can become fruitful because fruitfulness produces fruitfulness that you can't produce fruitfulness without fruitfulness if there is no seed on the tree it's there it's true this is a a fruit tree but no fruit can't produce fruitfulness so that's why I want to just have a look at this. And I want to read from verse 14. And I want to actually read out of the Passion this, um, this morning because I love the way that it puts it there. So it's um, verse 13. It says, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom. Come on. Would you agree with that? God has called us to live a life of freedom. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an excuse for a set or an excuse to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. He doesn't want us to do that. Freedom is not that we set up a base in the natural realm. So can you get the picture? He says there's a freedom, but it's not for us to live in the natural. Constantly love each other and be committed to serve one another. That really is a sign of maturity, is how we love one another. That is quiet, though. Eh? We live in such a selfish, narcissistic, self-preservation kind of environment that Jesus comes and he came right into the same thing there. And he said this, I want to give you two commandments. The Bible has got commandments for us in the new covenant to live out. They're not the old commandments. They're not the 10 commandments. They don't, those commandments don't, don't bear uh, any relevance in our relationship with God. This is the commandment he tells us. I want you to love one another. You know why he's telling us? Because in the seed of being born again is the ability to love one another. You see, God doesn't put into a seed, let's say it's an apple tree. He doesn't put into the apple seed uh, the inability to produce apples. That would be wrong. But he puts into the seed the ability for that seed to fall into the ground, to die, and then to produce a life that's going to grow up, and there's going to be then fruit that it's an apple tree by having apples on it. Yes, so our fruit as children of God, the fruit Bible speaks about is this, that we love one another. Man, that's hard. It's hard in an environment where people take advantage, people want to do all kinds of things, and there's all kinds of thieves, and 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 what do we do? The Bible says, I want you to love one another. It's maturity. He's not saying, I want you to be abusive of one another, abusive where you take advantage of one another, because love is not like that. See, some people hear that, and then they think, well, I'll just get stuff. That's not love. Love's always sacrificial. It's not taking. It's giving, not always receiving. See, if we understand this, we start to grow up. So he says this, for all the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care and love yourself. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. Let me emphasize this. As you healed, he has the key for me this morning. Let me emphasize this. As you healed, say healed. You know what a healed is? A healed sign is one of those signs that, that most people think a stop sign is. All right? Is that it, it, it kind of has an intention just to slow you down, to heal you so that you can move with caution. So when it comes to heal, to surrender is really another sign of healing. Heal yourself to God. Give yourself. Devote yourself to God. That's what it is to heal. So here's my body. And the Bible says that my worship to God is for me to, to surrender or to heal my members to God. So that's why for us to really worship God is not just what we sing on Sunday. It's how we live. It's our relationships, it's our work, it's, it's how we manage our appetites. All of that is called worship. And, and so when I surrender my life to God, I'm healing it to Him. I'm saying, God, my life is yours. My mind, my mouth, my hands, my feet, everything about me, it belongs to you. And I'm going to surrender it to you. So he says this, as you healed to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit' intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation of the life of the Spirit. Please don't confuse this, that, that Paul is trying to say that, that we either, a, have you heard the analogy of a, a black dog or a white dog? And whichever dog you feed is the dog that grows. That's You're either born again or you're not born again. He's not talking about being born again yet. He's talking about being surrendered to something. If you are healed or surrendered to the Holy Spirit, something happens. You can grow up and mature. But if you don't do that and you surrender to your own cravings and your own self-desires, then you live in the natural and that's death. They're opposed to each other. Would you agree with that? So then he comes up with this and he says, But when you heal to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. I don't know for some people, but listen to this. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry Quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessing of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Now he says um, it should be obvious. For some people, they don't think it's obvious, but this is obvious, not a life of God. Haven't I already warned you before that those who are under their freedom for these, or sorry, those who use their freedom for these things, will not inherit the kingdom realm of God. I want to just quickly say this. Jesus says, you cannot enter the kingdom unless you are born again. So he's not talking about entering in, because Paul's writing to the Galatians, a church, and he's trying to get them to understand what a spiritual life looks like when it's surrendered to God. It doesn't look like this life of of living for yourself. It looks like a life that he's going to describe right now. And to enter the kingdom is through Jesus, but to inherit the kingdom is through faith and obedience. Do you understand that? To enter in is what Jesus does, but to inherit comes from the fact that you're obedient in faith to what God has. There are uh, people who've entered into the kingdom who won't inherit it because they won't give up their own desires to honor God so they live for themselves as born again believers. They are trees with no fruit please, we've got under, this is, so it's not around trying to get into heaven, friends, he's not saying that, he says, you can't inherit the kingdom realm of God, because it's like this, I mean, can you imagine any husband and wife, if if a a, a husband goes off and he has multiple affairs, but he wants to have the, the, the inheritance of a blessed marriage, can you see how dumb that is, it's like, we can shake our heads, but somehow we think in God, we can, we can have these affairs with all kinds of other affections, but still have a blessed relationship with God, God's not holding back We're the ones that are doing it to ourselves. Does it make sense? Because we won't surrender to what He wants. But the fruit of the Spirit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its various expressions, varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion. What were we crucified? When we we were co-crucified with Christ, it was our old life, our old nature. It was the sinful nature was crucified with Christ. Am I right? That's what we we identify with that. So he says, don't forget that. He says, for everything connected with your self-life or your old life, Was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. If the Spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. So we may never be arrogant or look down on another, for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the values of others. So when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, Lord, the fruit of the Spirit so speaks to me around a life surrendered. I can have the anointing to preach. I can have miracles to heal. But if I don't have fruit, there's a problem. Am I right or wrong? The Bible says that. Because he says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Then you go to 1 Corinthians 13 and you see the aspects, the reality of of love. And I start realizing when it comes to those kinds of things, they really speak to whether I want to surrender to God or I want to be in charge. See, because when I begin to divide what love is, yeah, I can love people, I can love people I really like. I mean, I, you know, the Andersons, they're not bad. You know, the Myers, I'm not so sure about, you know. But, but friends, that's that's not the love of God. The near, nor dears they call us, you know what I'm saying? I mean, not now. When they get a car again, we'll be friends. Can you see what happens, friends? That is so fickle, but that's how the world operates. When you're in Christ and you realize you're born again of spiritual Power, spiritual seed, something of that life, the Bible says, when you heal to it, that life begins to grow, and that life produces fruit in you, love, joy, peace, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, long-suffering, kindness. See, friends, that, that kind of fruit doesn't come from your environment. See, some of us well should you know I'm, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna be a lot happier when I'm in a new relationship. I'm gonna be a lot happier when I'm in a new job. Then your life source is not the spirit; it's the environment you're in. Come on, see maturity says this: when you're in Christ, no matter where you are, you're gonna be fruitful because your life source isn't the environment. Now, the life source of God might tell you to get out of a relationship that's abusive. I think some of us have thought love is just to be abused. Jesus was never abused. You know that. He allowed that to happen to him so that he could fulfill something. But love is not abusive. Love has got clear boundaries. Jesus comes and he says, come follow me. He doesn't make you, well, if you don't follow me, you're going to hell. You know that. Hmm? So you, 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 you're you sure you don't want to come follow me because I'm telling you it's going to go bad. I'm not going to bless you if you don't follow me. He, that's manipulation. He says, come follow me. There's freedom. And then he walks. So but don't think that God's manipulating, trying to, that's not how he works. Love is freedom. He talks about freedom. He talks about, I want you to follow me. So can I just ask you, this is never, ever, ever, ever intended to be condemnation. Because sometimes I don't produce the fruit of the Spirit in the moment, but I'm talking about a, a lifestyle of bearing fruit. If you're always angry, friends, maybe you just need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Put to death your anger. You know what anger is? I want my way. That's what anger is. I want my way. And if I don't get my way, I'm going to get angry and intimidate people until I give my way. You know what you do? You just, Lord, I'm going to die to what I want. What do you want, God? That's why we can't have unforgiveness. It doesn't matter what people do. Christians don't live with unforgiveness. You know why? It's not fruit to the squirrel. It's love, joy, peace. All of those things are the life force of God inside the believer. That's why we can be the most bold people, but still have the fruit. Come on. Please don't think the church, man, if the church was them, the, oh, we, just, we just love everybody, we're just going to lay down. There wouldn't be martyrs. Come on. Do you think martyrs are just, oh, whatever, you can kill me, it's fine, I'm, I really don't have a choice. No, martyrs are people who say, I will not deny Jesus, but I'm going to forgive you who're trying to kill me because I love Jesus. And they're going to have fruit on them fruit of love and peace and joy in the midst of all of that. See, that's the Holy Spirit life. And we're living in a time, friends, where we're not going to get this kind of life from the outside. It's maturity of God coming on the inside. That's why when Jen was talking about the spirit of knowledge, it's not just getting information. I need to go to Bible school so I can know. Maybe that's the worst thing you can do. No, maybe it's just revelation and then read the scriptures with the spirit present. And say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And all of a sudden, okay, God, that's what it looks like to be full of the Holy Spirit. To be able to resist and stand my ground in love without judgment, without pride, but have a very clear conviction. See, love is not wishy-washy. Love isn't a whatever. Love stands up. When Jen was pouring out her heart and saying, maybe, maybe when we surrender and heal ourselves and God says, I want you to love on, on, on the forgotten. You know what love does? Love says, I'm going to do what my father wants. hard i don't really want to do that i only inconvenience myself if i'm real honest with you today i don't want to be inconvenienced i don't want stuff that's going to cost me anything i just i just want to be blessed without doing anything and god says you're not know son that's fine but you're going to stay immature and you're not going to have fruit that's going to produce life but if you want to look like me then you're going to have to step into that and that's a faith to say god if i do that life's going to flow if I do that, you're going to be glorified. If I do that, you're going to take the seed of the fruit of my life of surrender and produce other fruit. That's what God's asking for us this morning. So, Father, this morning, Lord, I know that we, we, we're never condemned by you. That's never what you do. In the new covenant, Lord, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But you are calling us to be mature. and Lord, we're crying out this morning Spirit, with the Holy Spirit come, come Jesus, come quickly. And yet Lord, we somehow think you're coming for some little kindergarten bride who's going to be so distracted, so living for herself. And actually fact, Lord, the bride that is described as a bride that's longing, yearning, desiring the bridegroom with everything within her. Lord, everything changes when we realize we're going to see you one day, everything changes. Lord, there's no more longings of the heart for anything else because there is only one desire, and that is for you, Jesus. No bride, no bride, Lord, who's passionate in love with a bridegroom, Lord, still is distracted in her heart. Everything in her heart is around the the, the marriage day about seeing her bridegroom. And I want to say, thank you, Jesus, that we're not alone, that we have Holy Spirit. And I want to say, Holy Spirit, sorry that we, we've, we've treated you like some power that's going to come and anoint our ministry and do what we ask. That's not who you are. You are the Lord. You are King. And Holy Spirit, wherever you lead, we want to go. And we are saying, God, as your church, we want to be Spirit-filled. We want to be full of the Holy Spirit, but we also want to heal ourselves. We want to surrender our bodies, our minds, everything to you, and say, we, we were put to death on the cross. I'm not living for myself. I'm living for you. So help me, Holy Spirit, where there is very little fruit in my life, and maybe some aspects, Lord, there is no fruit. Lord, if I'm impatient, Lord, I don't want to blame others for my impatience. I want the fruit of God to so be in me that that I will begin to bear fruit, not because the things change around me or the taxi drivers change their habits or I get a new government or my job uh, changes. No, Lord, but because I surrender to you. And I don't want to live for me. I want to live for you. It takes faith to do that, Lord. And I thank you that this morning you've imparted that to us. Lord, as we close this meeting, I thank you that you also, Lord, I just know that you're breaking off us, Lord, the the limits we put on ourselves. Sometimes, Lord, when we read the word, we just think, I can't do that. Lord, I pray that we would never, ever say that again. But we'd say, Lord, I don't know if I can do that, but let it be done to me according to your word. I want your word to produce in me everything your word does. It's just a matter of us choosing our will to surrender it. So, Lord, I know that we're in your kingdom, but we want to inherit We want to lay hold of the things that you've got for us as a church. Lord, we don't want to look at us. We want to look at you of what's possible. Lord, in a world that's so messed up, so absolutely wrecked, we need you. So we just surrender. Just thank you for this morning. Thank you for... The impartation of the spirit of knowledge, even in this reality of fruit, Lord. It's not us trying to produce stuff. It's us surrendering so that you, Holy Spirit, can produce in us the very essence of Christ. It's possible in the believer because we are born again of incorruptible seed. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for working in us. You're faithful. Lord, we do want more love, we do want more peace, we do want more joy, but we get that from surrendering to you, Holy Spirit. It's not just to have a great time on a Sunday and laugh and and be buoyant for a couple of hours, it's to be consistent in our surrendering to your life so that the consistency of you, Holy Spirit, would flow through us and produce fruit in us that honors you. And people can taste of us and say, God is good. And we'll know it's your life. It's your life. It's not us. It's your life. Because this is who we truly are. We are children of God. New creations. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. Thank you that as we leave here, Lord, the the yearnings and the burnings of your heart would become our yearnings and burnings. Lord, even that song, the Spirit and the Bride, that's us. Say, come. God, in this week, when we're in this world, Lord, we're not of it, but we're in it. Lord, I pray that our heart's devotion, our heart's devotion would be Jesus. Everything we do for you, Jesus, we honor you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. He's so worthy.